Welcome everybody. Reflections on the Paul Hederman. Reflections on the Twelve Steps of Paul Hederman. Um, my name is Michael. Um, <laughs> this is a friendly announcement. This is not a. This is not an AA meeting. This is just one member's view on the exact nature of the wrongs. It's up on page sixty-four of the Big Book. And um, you, you need a you need a reading today, Paul. First of all, Mike, it's hopefully it's not reflections on Paul Hederman. No, we we yeah, want to. Yeah. We want to bypass that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> if I say sorry, um, you want to have a reading? Fine. Yeah. Whatever. I've I've lost a lot of pages. I got to get a new big book. Well, well, what about page seventy-five? Do you have page seventy-five in your book? I do. Okay, I'll wait for a second for you to get there. So, if you guys have a book, you guys want to follow along. We're going to go to the second paragraph on page seventy-five. All right. All right. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look at, we can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We have had, we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. That. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We will feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. I'll turn it over to you now, Paul, before I put my foot in my mouth again. All right, great. Thank you. And uh, don't disqualify yourself if you don't have the exact sense of delight that they talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we pocket our pride it, my experience when i came in uh actually was an observation uh, was that they told me i had to be willing to stay my save my ass instead of my face but the condition i was in i thought my face was my ass really and so this idea of pride, uh, and pride isn't just based on circumstances. You can have a lot of pride being a junkie. Yeah, yeah. Like with cocaine, the, the, the hierarchy was based on who could handle their tweak the best. Yeah, so if you had that, you were looked upon as one of, uh, there would be pride there. So pride can sow its seeds in anything, really. So we pocket our pride and go to it. Illuminate, what is it? Are we talking about step five there, Mike? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, these are good step promises. Oh, yeah. So illuminating every twist of character and dark cranny of the past. Now, this is where... Uh, This is why we have this platform, really. It's because we saw things in a way I wasn't hearing much of. And, and it seemed to be obvious that you may look at a lot of different directions to do the inventory, the, the introductory inventory, step four. But one of them is in the book on page 64. And it says, we are now going to look at how self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah, that's a very clear direction or theme of how to do the inventory. 
and it starts with being convinced, which is a present tense state. Uh, I'm in that state right now. I'm convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. I don't like the word self. I think it's more of a verb, a mental activity, which is selfing, but the AA uses the word self. So, uh, so let's say being convinced selfing manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We are now going to look at selfing's common manifestations. And then the next paragraph is resentment. So the way I read it, resentment is a manifestation of, of self. Yes. And they talk in the one sentence where they point out what has defeated us and give it the name self. The us is mentioned also. So we are the defeated and what's defeating us is self. Yeah. Now, to me, that seems simply a very clear uh, delineation between self and us. So we have been defeated by something that's not us. It's called self, yeah? Now, I think that's pretty simple, but I don't see it uh, gaining traction because people read that and they go right to the next <laughs> paragraph and they say, my resentment, yeah? So what that shows me is there's an act of being identified as self, and that's what we've been listening to with, you know, like it talks about in uh, We Agnostics, uh, we've had faith, objective, abject faith in this God of reason. Yeah. So that activity where the selfing is going on, we have, there's been a lot of faith and trust in that in our life. And that trust and faith has produced the effect of being defeated by it. And after we've been thoroughly defeated by it, and we come to look at some of its manifestations, we keep calling them ours. And I just don't get it. Yeah, tell you the truth. I could see like in the beginning, but I can't see how it could continue because if you do the inventory, when you get to the fourth column, the four attributes they ask you to see, you know, as your role in things, two of them start with the word self. It's selfish and self-seeking and frightened. I mean, it's, I think that, I think the clues are right out in the open. So what would happen if you looked at a resentment, not as yours? And I have humbly feel that when a resentment is mine, it can be given a long life, yeah? Which resentments in the wild don't have. Once I claim the resentment, it could be, it could be feeding, that resentment could be revisited for 50 years. I mean, I, don't re, I do not revisit any of your resentments. I don't, yeah? <laughs> and even if they had something to do with me, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going back to that well for 40 years. I just wouldn't. Yeah. But because it's mine, there seems to be an attraction of, I would call it an addiction, really. So in the addiction to self, it's, it's mirrored by being addicted to the manifestations. So people get addicted to resentment. It becomes their life story. 
like that story in the book of freedom from bondage where the lady was using a resentment she wasn't but the head was using a resentment she had concerning a mother as an excuse and a rationale for everything else that hadn't worked in her life like relationships getting fired it was all her mother's fault yes that resentment was being fed gourmet fucking attention and interest it was getting it was getting petted and groomed for 50 years it had value huge value in the head yeah so let's let's not even talk about the resentment let's talk about my that that ownership before a resentment that changes the meaning of the resentment yeah the ownership before the word that changes the meaning of the word and we always used to use the thing of you know i look at everyone here and i wish you to have a lot of money but i don't want any of you to have any of my money yeah it's just completely different when i see things through the my yeah whatever i see gets mutated or weirdly uh it appears to be quite different when it's mine yeah same thing with thought i don't believe thoughts through now day i believe thoughts can ruin now day when they're called mine i do yeah it's just that simple so uh i think there's a very this is a a point where the understanding doesn't diverge from the steps but diverges from the exact nature of the wrong because this the the people in the big book will say you manufactured your own misery i do not believe that you're the problem i do not believe that yeah i don't i believe we can manufacture a lot of stuff and it's based on who's running the factory yeah when we're living under self's domination then this factory produces misery resentment fucking uh grievance all this shit yeah <laughs> a lot of it and but the same factory if taken over by what we call the higher power it may produce service empathy uh goodwill you know let bygones be bygones all this stuff so i don't believe the factory the machinery in the factory is what has produced the goods it's the factory runner who's owning or running the factory has its agenda and it uses us to produce those agendas yeah doesn't it feel different now that you're living under another regime i mean seriously with this new regime in place what's the what happens as change we're masters of change yeah but this change is directed by this design for living and therefore it's growth and we outgrow this shit yeah we outgrow the old product line i'm not in i'm not in extending the life of a resentment by calling it mine when in the big book of recovery it says that's a manifestation of self in my life this i had this ran in another time when you're speaking and then people try well keep it simple you know this is so simple you're not that which has defeated you i mean you can't be simpler than that yeah let's describe that and then hit give you the greatest 
gift you're going to get. You're not that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know the danger of what you're not using the idea that it's not it to get away with fucking murder. But I'm willing. The results are worthy of going through that little minefield because if you keep calling that which has defeated you, you, you're going to keep getting defeated by it. Maybe it won't look like war-torn Europe. Maybe it looks like you're doing pretty well, but it's eating away at you. Day in and day out. So this is very simple. Being convinced self is what manifests in various ways defeated us. How simple is that? There's a difference between us and self. Yeah. Now that difference is blurry if when we read the next paragraph, resentment triggers the feeling of my resentments. That is the bondage of self. Yeah. What is a bondage of self? I'm, I'm owning the manifestations of something other than me and taking them to be mine. That is the act of being identified as self. I'm not doing that. The head is, but I follow the head. So therefore I am in a sense, yeah? I'm not doing it. I did not come up with thousands of ways to kick my fucking ass, yeah? I did not wanna go to incomprehensible, pitiful fucking demoralization. It's not one of my, on my bucket list. These things, I was driven there. I was compelled. There was decisions based on self that led me into a position where I got hurt, seemingly having nothing to do with it, yeah? All this shit, it's all explained in the book, yeah? Kurt always says a self-imposed something or you're driven by a hundred forms of something. If you're driven, you're not the driver. Yeah. If you if something is imposing its will on you, yeah, then it's not your will. It's some foreign will that's causing you to be used for transportation. And then you're left holding the bag because of the stubborn belief that I am the doer of all things that have ever come through me. Yet you've been taken over, just like when you're taken over by a flu for eight or 10 days. Yeah. Doesn't your life look bleaker when you get sick? Is that view yours or is it imposed upon you? Because you're not feeling well. Something has invaded your body and it's causing certain effects that you can't seem to stop. Yeah. You're powerless. I see alcoholism as a parasite. I see the identification as self as the Petri dish that parasite thrives in. Tell you the truth. Yeah. The parasite takes self-centeredness and creates an extreme version. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. I think the original disease is the identification as self. I do. I think that's the original addiction in a way. 
The head is addicted to this idea of being the doer, the thinker, the haver, the loser. So no matter what goes through us, we're the one that seem to be the source of it all. Yes. So just like when you used to walk in when a kid to a classroom and somebody yawned and you thought it was because you walked in. This inordinate sense of responsibility for fucking everything. One of the first things I wanted to escape from was from that. So being bad allowed me to escape some of that inordinate amount of responsibility where I didn't give a fucking shit. Yeah. Then that life didn't work. And I was brought into AA. And then I had to look at my role in things. Finally, once again. All right. I took responsibility, made the amends, did this. But when I took, when I saw my role in things, I saw something else's role in things, self. And I saw self as foreign to me. And I've never not seen it that way since. So, yes, there are resentments. No, they're not mine. Yeah. And a lot of us call mental anxiety fear. I mean, let's get the wording right. Fear is a valid emotion. You're not in fear all day. You're in mental anxiety. You're not usually in a, a life-threatening situation 30 times a day. Yeah? But you feel like you are through mental anxiety. I see people. I'd sit at meetings. I live in a very rich area. And people were demonstrating the same anxiety concerning their fourth house they were going to buy as someone looking for a refrigerator box in uh, Sixth and Market to sleep in that night. Exact same. Mental anxiety. Yes? It mimics fear, but it's not fear. You never feel drenched with fucking adrenaline because it's not happening. Yeah? When I ran into a shark in fucking in the water off of Byron Bay, Australia, I was drenched with adrenaline because there was a shark <laughs> and I was close by. <laughs> yeah, perfect, appropriate response. We're walking around having mini electrocutions based on what's not happening, all based on the faith in the head. So... There's a perhaps there's a better way that faith could be in the higher power instead of in the lower power. And the same faith is going to produce different results, just like your factory run by the higher power is going to produce product lines that the old factory did not produce run by the lower power. Same machinery, same factory, but the product line will be completely different based on who's running the fucking factory. And you're not. At either point, <laughs> you're not with the lower power. You're not with the higher power. Yeah. You are best to be directed. <laughs> even if you're a director of hundreds of people, you can have the spirit of being directed even in that position. Yes. Hasn't that worked the best? Why can't we see what did to us what we would never have done by ourselves? when we can see something is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. I don't see why that same vision can't be applied to the lower power. Yeah. So we're not claiming all the shit that happened while under the influence. 
And when is the statute of limitations going to be reached? Some of us have 35 years of freaking sobriety. Yeah, you're still getting called, called to the mental court and going over your previous convictions over, over again. When's it going to stop? Yeah, it isn't. You're going to lose interest in it because it's not about you. It isn't. Yes. That's what worked with me. That's why we're here. That's why I show up. Yeah. I'm not trying to change the program. I'm just reading what's in the program on page 64 and following that instruction. Let's do an inventory looking at manifestations of self in our lives. Where does it call it ours? It doesn't. Yeah. And this brought about a great relief. And most days, the problem does not exist as me. It never does. So most days, I experience the problem doesn't exist for me. Yeah, pretty good. But I think it's truly based on I've seen that it doesn't exist as me. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> How are you going to get out of self if you keep calling it you? It's impossible. Self can't get out of self. <laughs> yeah, so. If someone came up, if, man, I if I walked in and everyone at the meeting was happy, joyous, and free, even the ones, let's say, 20 and over, instead of still being wrapped up in anxiety about what's not happening, I wouldn't, we would cancel these things. We just have like a, you know, a gratitude fest. <laughs> you know, really. But there's so much. I mean, Jesus. The we're in the present being held back by a past, the past of being of the doer of whatever ever happened, no matter what. Yeah. So the past reaches into this present moment and is the bonding that we're feeling. The present moment uh, is a field of possibility. But when you're bound, those things shrink up. You don't see many possibilities. Uh, I will be okay. I was once okay, but you're not okay now is basically the premise. You've got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> that's slavery isn't it i feel so yeah thank you for the reading and yeah we may have had certain spiritual beliefs but now we begin to have a spiritual experience the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly we are we feel we are on a broad highway did we get to the broad highway or do we feel we're on the broad highway? Do we, do we scratch and claw into a position of neutrality or are we placed in a position of neutrality? Isn't something doing for us what we can't do for ourselves? And then we, we observe that happening and we start expressing from that new place we're living from? Yeah. Don't you think the same thing happened with the low, the, uh, the lower employer, the lower power. 
don't you believe it set off a lot of trains of circumstances that have brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve? Where does the credit go then? It's, it's always put on your shoulders for doing all that insane shit. Yet with this, all this graceful shit that happens now, we give the glory to the higher power. Why not tell the truth about the lower power? Yeah. And maybe you won't be walking 35 years later, burdened by a past. And maybe you'll be able to respond to this moment instead of react to it from a past. Yeah. Where, where is that past remorse rooted in the sense of being the doer? Did you do that shit you were compelled to do? Did you choose to do that? Then, and then suddenly you stopped choosing it for the last 35 years? You know? No. You were used for transportation. I was used for transportation. Yeah. With all the tickets, send it to the right driver. Stop fucking being, stop fucking paying all those tickets back. You weren't the driver. You were the driven. Yeah. Do they arrest the car that drove the bank robbers to the bank? No, they don't arrest the car. The fucking car was innocent. And is it innocent? It was driven there. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Any questions for Paul today? Please use the raise hand feature. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be about the reading, anything on the 12 steps. Here we go. How about Tom from Denver? How are you today, Tom? Hi, everybody. Uh, Tom in Denver here. And uh, hi, Paul. I went to a meeting last night with the, uh, I'm back in Denver. This is where I sobered up. And uh, I found a group of people who I sobered up with decades ago, and uh, and it feels really good. And they asked me to come back and chair a meeting there. And I told you a few weeks ago I was going to lead a kiraton here in town, and and that was uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly and reunited with a lot of old friends. And uh, so many people came that we had to move it out of the library of the church over to the sanctuary, and people were dancing in the aisles, and it was just a big... <laughs> you said gratitude fest. That's what it was. I, I wasn't trying to get anywhere except just have a good time. And it was a great time. And uh, what I want to ask you about is the, the, the mind. I mean, somewhere in the book, it talks about, I don't know where, but it says beware of excitement. Um, and so the, I'm excited because things are working and I'm projecting and, and planning and, and thinking about what's possible. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I had a hard time listening um, when I was down in New Mexico and just by myself down there, I was really quiet and could listen to you and, and the meetings I attended. And, and now my mind's racing a lot. So my question is what to do with a racing mind when this thing actually works and you do get set free. 
Distress. Send it around the corner for a half an hour. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Give it little things to get involved with, like a monkey up a pole. Remember the old description of meditation, of following one's breath? The mental state is like a monkey. It's very agitated. So you put it on the pole of the breath. And while it follows the inhale and the exhale, the monkey gets less agitated. And therefore, you can enjoy a lot more peace. You are not the monkey. You're the one that's going to enjoy the peace. The monkey can enjoy peace. The monkey can become less agitated. You are what enjoys the peace. Yes? So, and... I think beware when you're excited was mostly uh, pointed at early members. Hey, at your age and my age, it's fucking good to be excited for anything. <laughs> <laughs> A good bowel movement may do it. Who knows? So just freaking don't shut that off. With a weird idea. Yeah, fucking great. You're excited. Go play music. Yeah. Oh, oh beware. Come on. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that, Tom, man. Yeah, you had a great time. Fucking have a great time. <laughs> a great time doesn't mean anything but a great time. Yeah, if the head goes crazy. Oh, this so mind, it goes like, be careful now, be careful. I know, it's the head, yes. The policeman sneaks in and starts throwing the baton around. <laughs> it looks, it sees the excitement like a riot. And there's a riot <laughs> happening. Oh, there's people feeling joy and gratitude. <laughs> That's so whacking. I mean, it's insane. Thank God you have a wisdom to see it's not you. So, really, yeah. There's a see, this is what happens, Tom, humbly. Excitement arises, there's a feeling of it. The head arises a little bit after that and claims to be the one who's excited. And then the policeman shows up, beware of the one who's excited, <laughs> just to put a kibosh on the party. It's just, yet, a seeming slight of 40 years ago, you keep visiting. Like it's like, uh, you know, Lords in France, wherever, fucking, but a miracle you forget in 20 minutes. Give me a break. You really want to listen to that? You have to hear it because you're conscious and it's playing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you don't need to listen to it. Yeah. When it puts out its warnings and shit. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. The policeman is having a heyday here yeah of course it yeah, is. thanks paul uh, see this is the dilemma because not knowing anything i just grew into early stages of the policeman when i was young yeah maybe it was my irish catholic grandmother who i lived with who whatever and so i was quite uncomfortable didn't curse didn't do anything was very perfect in school and it was like my sphincter was like closing completely. It was, I wasn't having any fucking fun. It was like 
mom, is Wayne playing better than me? Should I go to playing classes? You know, just insane. So I wanted relief and I got it in the water, but mostly it was unbearable. And then I found alcohol at 12 and I got relief from that policeman, you know, walking the beat called my head. But then the thief took over and there was a lot of relief, but consequences ensued, yes? And I started to lose a whole lot more than I ever, ever bargained for. And therefore life brought me to another state of, all right, I got to get out of that thief world. Something took me out of there. And then the policeman showed up again, right? The same thing, kibosh, no more, no parties after seven, kibosh, any excitement, you know, all this bullshit with some kind of spiritual terminology, whatever. Yeah, unbearable. But thank God I heard something in recovery, which is I'm neither the policeman nor the thief. I can, there can be something else that that's the basis of my day, not the thief uh, narrative or the policeman narrative. Yeah. And all the way, the only way I could see it was one or the other. I didn't know there could be neither. Yeah, I didn't until I did. And that's where, to me, that's the position of neutrality we're placed in. Not on the policeman's side, not on the thief side. There's a position of neutrality where you can start listening to what some people say, their heart or their gut or whatever. Yes. And that which you're listening to will override the hearing of the policeman and the thief. Both. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're having fun. The policeman shows up, obviously. Yeah. Puts a you know damper on it. Come on, come you know it's just <laughs> you don't win one camp or the other. Yeah. So so there is the third way, so to speak, or the no way, which is you start being directed by intuitive thought. You know you have the wisdom to know the difference between what you can change and what you have to accept. All this stuff. Yeah. There's a whole large field of other possibilities than the the policeman thief syndrome. Yeah. Yes. So, and you've heard it already. You've heard it, Tom. Don't let the uh, policeman re reassert itself. Yeah, it's just bullshit, you know? Let it have its uniform. Even make it a captain. It doesn't matter. As long as you keep it in, <laughs> it's walking some beat and, you know, like where I live. The cops have nothing to do. They just, they harass like teenagers, you know? <laughs> There's five cars surrounding someone that sat too long on a park bench or something. There's no massive crime going on, I don't think here. So the policemen, you know what I mean? We had one, There's in San Francisco, to get back to the Golden Gate Bridge, they, you had to go through this army installation that was active. So the army police only had you for about two miles. And so if you went over 35 miles, it was 35 mile. If you were going 38, they'd pull you over. They had nothing fucking else to do. Yeah. They'd be waiting all night for someone just one mile over just to pull over. Yeah. They were bored. <laughs> this is what happens. You're not the thief anymore. The policeman doesn't have any real fucking value. 
It doesn't. He's, they should be retired already. You give it a little fake baton, give it a little walkway in the back of the back of the property so it can think it's doing the same shit before. But you never hear listening to it at all. Stop that. You don't stop that. You better do that. You don't do that. You're not following it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a warning. You're not following that either. I'm really glad I checked in with you. I was I was actually listening to it. Like, be careful, you know. I know, I know, because of the habit, the habit we grew up with that radio station, it has a lot of golden oldies. Yeah. It knows, you know, it knows that you like clocks bars when you were growing up. It remembers shit. And it's it waxes poetically in a nostalgic way. Oh, it was really good then. It wasn't fucking good then. <laughs> it was chirping away then. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, you get to a point where it's over. It keeps playing, but it's over. It's not directing a fucking thing anymore. Yeah. You're following a different beat, so to speak. Yeah. 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 Have faith in that. Good. Good. Yeah. You're not going to do something crazy, Tom. Fuck that. And if you do, it may be good. Who knows? Your, well, your old idea may be completely wrong. Maybe it would be cool to really let it go on the kirtan floor. You know, <laughs> get blissed out and, you know what I mean? Do an extra chorus of Sri Ram, Sri Ram, whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah oh oh have that second helping of pistachio gelato <laughs> yeah <laughs> haven't we been established the sanity has replaced the insanity that preceded the first drink. I have not started to drink for 35 years. What AA promised me, it gave me tons of more. Its specific promise was that you would be restored to sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink. Can we say that that has happened for most of us? AA accomplished its its goal, yeah? Yeah, the spiritual awakening has happened. You've had a personality shift, all like that. And now you're established on new footing. And you're in the habit of, of that new footing, yeah? You can drive a road without guardrails because there are guardrails, G-O-D rails for you, yeah? You can be a free-range alcoholic yet you're following the same North Star, yeah, the same principles, no matter how far and wide you journey, you're following the same principles that you were taught here. Yeah. You have good orderly direction. It's built in. It's sort of like someone is in a, 
all they wished for was that cruise control to go on in their the car of life, and now it has, and they're worried about driving. Yeah. Kick back and enjoy the scenery. Yeah. Yep. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really happy I met you. Thank you. All right, Mike. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Next up, we have Al. Al. Hey, Al. I'm an anonymous Meshuggah. You can use words to describe my name. Um, I've noticed a tendency, Paul, <laughs> to, to part of me wants to take credit. I see it in others on a regular basis. I got it. X amount of time. I have 47. I have 30. I don't think I can possess this, especially time. I cannot possess, but I see it in my fellows. I see it in me. And I see your deft handling of uh, women and children of all ages. <laughs> I see your deft handling of all such things. But if I'm supposed to be goal is to lose interest in self saying, hey, look at me. I'm about to dive off the diving board at 65 years old when really all I want to have is a good trip to the air quote library that you mentioned earlier. I just want to go to the library and have an easy time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need all this attention. Now, you've seen me come here. I love attention. I know I do. I do. And uh, but I see it in others as I, I got it. And it's almost the most dangerous thing I hear around town is I've got it this time. I'm like, oh, please don't hey, look at Kurt. He knows this one. It's almost the kiss of death for some. I've got it this time. What is it that you have? Okay, I'll leave you with that one. How's that? Good. It's nice when you see it in others to apply it to yourself and see it's not you, it's just as it's not them. Yeah. How are you gonna see it's not you when you have them uh, bonded to the idea it's them? <laughs> it's not them either, yeah? You certainly see it in others, everything, before seeing it in myself. Yeah. I have to make sure that in seeing the others, you see it in yourself. Yes, That's the blind point. spot. That's the blind, yeah, I have yeah. a blind spot. Others, crystal clear. Yeah. So, you know, you know, uh, projection, yes. Projection is a lot of what happens here. So sometimes when someone's doing something to you, they'll try to describe it as they're afraid someone's going to do that same thing to them. <laughs> yeah. They don't see that what's happening, but that where there's a projection. So the head uh, usually is in the act of doing something, it wants to blame others to being in that act. Yeah. So it's just fun to watch it. And, and in the watching of it, you're not it, obviously. Yeah. You can't find out what you are. You are that. I don't, and you can't have the joy of describing it. It's indescribable. But you can know what you're not. You can understand a lot of mental activity because you're not mental activity. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> you are the light you, that that brightens the room. You're not the room. 
you're the light. So the light brings what's in the room into a, a clarity. The room doesn't present everything clearly, but the light allows what's in the room to be seen clearly. We would be the light, so to speak. Yes. Yes. And then the living, the head is like a voice box in this action figure. And mostly the action figure is, is like, you know, if you listen to yourself and others, we all sound like mockingbirds. You know, the mockingbird has a lot of uh, songs, but they're finite and they are looped. Yeah. And so when you recognize, oh, that person's a mockingbird, you can see you as a mockingbird and therefore you're not. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yes. The beauty of finally allowing all this shit that you never wanted to be to land because it will tell you it wasn't you to begin with. Yes. But while you're trying to avoid it, it's more of you than ever. Haven't you had that with like fraud? You're afraid to be a fraud. So you feel like one all the time. Then you finally just fucking admit it, you know? I'm completely fraudulent and you're freed from that constant feeling of it, yes? So you just admit the truth. And in this case, what we see as us, we meet with I'm not that. And then bring that which we were afraid to ever claim, allow it to be seen as us and bring it to step six and seven, yeah? Let that recycling recycle this old you and you and put it to better use because the wisdom of something that's working in our lives is obviously been demonstrating it sees a whole lot more than we do and a whole lot clearer than we do. So let it be the director, yeah? So when I wake up in the morning, a lot of times old patterns show up in the dreaming at night, yeah? And these old patterns, I, I, I've had feltness of them because they haunted me, let's say, a lot of my life. I bring them to six and seven, and I humbly ask that power to reconfigure it. It's sort of like giving it a huge amount of ropes that already are tied into nooses and other things, yeah? Now, the higher power is going to save the rope, but it's going to take out all the shape it was put in and straighten the fucker out and put it to better use, yeah? And that energy is going to come into your life and enrich it instead of coming into your life to reinforce the enslavement of it. It's that powerful. So six and seven is so awesome because it precludes having to do eight and nine after a while. Yeah. Because nothing goes to the point where you've got to make an amends. You catch it and you get you put it into the recycle bin. Yeah, it gets cleaned up before you have to clean anything up. Yeah. And then it then that water is redistributed back into the living of life. Yeah. You don't have to do much after a while because you're filled up. You're not looking to get content and satisfied. You're you're content and satisfied and looking at other things. Yeah. Hmm. The funny thing is, Amelia and the kids left. I'm doing exactly the same thing when Amelia and the kids were here. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
<laughs> I was content and satisfied with an Amelia and the kids were here and I'm content and satisfied when Amelia and the kids aren't here. Yeah. <laughs> do I miss Amelia? Yes, I do. A lot. Do I miss the kids? Somewhat. <laughs> Am I overly stuck with the dog and cat? Yes. <laughs> but we're bonding. <laughs> That's meaning I'm doing everything the dog wants me to do. <laughs> And that's okay. Yeah. What I have, I can give away and not lose it. Eh? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad way to go. <laughs> so thanks. Very groovy, Daddy O. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So when you start seeing stuff that's in you in others. You can bring that to step six and seven, because just like when you're at an AA meeting, people are talking about alcoholism and something triggers. I don't identify with the guy or the woman. I identify with the alcoholism. Yeah. So you okay? Ooh, you bring it to six and seven. Yeah. Isn't that the whole process of reliance on a higher power? Yes. What happens when we get sober and we do the inventory? A lot gets revealed. Yeah. A lot of it is about alcoholism and self-centeredness and all this other shit. Yeah. Do you want to have that same shit and think you know it? Or do you want to know to give it up and bring it to six and seven? I would go with the latter. Yeah. That's what's, you know, when it says this power is going to constantly reveal a lot of stuff to you. I think a lot of it, what it reveals is what we're not. I do. I think it reveals a lot about alcoholism, a lot. And you bring that stuff to six and seven. That's the program. Yeah. If you don't and shit gets through, you have eight and nine to clean it up. But you can go one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, flip over to 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Yeah. And all those promises will have stabilized. Yeah. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. Yeah. A whole lot of your life is going to be seen in the exact same way. You're placed in situations or things with no effort or thought on your part. Yeah. Really? It's quite disarming and it's quite, it, it cooks a gratitude in you. It bakes it in. Yeah. You're so fucking lucky. You just, I just so grateful. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Many of us have physical conditions that you don't know what they're going to be like when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. And if they're not good, it's going to have an effect on your whole day. And it could get worse. And so basically, you go, you just dive into sleep, 
no, no, and yet there's a huge uncertainty. I don't know how my right leg is going to feel when I wake up. This one that got really whacked by getting run over. Yeah, I don't. It could just go off and that would be it. I'd have to attend to it, yeah? I would have to limit my affairs, all this and all that. Every day I get up and I'm able to walk around joy, yes? Gratitude, really. See, people, a lot of people, when they're not present, they're thinking of the future has them very agitated. When you're present now, you walk into the future with a smile on your face. Yeah? When you're actually present now, which we all are, knowing it or not, you walk into the uncertainty with a smile on your face. Yeah? For all that's already occurred. Why are we in such a demand of having everything fucking guaranteed? What a joy to, for me just to walk around. Yeah. I went, yeah. I went to the doctor, you know, this for my foot. Hadn't seen it for years, a podiatrist. I walked in there and he recognized the damage because he's a doctor also. And I had gone through something 40 years ago, a dorsal flap, where they took a lot of muscle and skin out of underneath my arm and put it on the leg to save the leg. And he reminded me, you know, he's done and he's seen many of them and a lot of them don't work. And the person gets their leg cut off. And I've had the leg since 1980. So that's 43 years of walking around uncertainly, yeah? Pretty damn good gift, eh? Yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. The head needs to be taught how to honor the moment. It does, like a dog. It needs a little discipline. Other, it will get it, yeah? And begrudgingly so maybe, but it will just be quiet in the moment when you're in gratitude and awe, A-W-E, of what's happening. Yes? It will stop so that you can worship the grace that's entered your life and the grace you've seen in other people. It will. It will begrudgingly stop. Yeah? And be a pause. And then go ahead. Yes? Yes. But you got to teach it honor. It, it will forget a miracle quickly. You got to sort of teach it to really, you know, just take a second and just realize how lucky you are at the moment, maybe. Yeah. Before we go off in the butt and what's going to happen or what. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, in a way, our movements during a day are pledging allegiance to either the higher power or self, yes? And I think you can teach the Pledge of Allegiance. You can, a little bit, yeah. I had that when I came in, if you don't mind. You know, I started to realize the conditions I had been in 
unwilling to know or denying of it. And I realized that I was one greedy motherfucker, you know, very inconsiderate and selfish. And so when something would, good would happen, I would go, thank you, God, that was more than enough. Yeah, because I always thought, all right, I got something, but why didn't I get the whole pie, you know? Or why didn't this thing get completely corrected? Or why didn't I get completely absolved? It would always rush right into something to complain about. And I did that for about five years. It took that, that long, in a sense, to reteach the head. But I did. I would, anything good would happen. I go, thank you, God, that's more than enough. Yeah, and it just, and it worked. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Al. Um, Walter, I saw your hand up. Do you still have anybody? Yeah, good evening. Actually, the question is already answered. Uh, thank you, Paul. Great. You know, so that's always the case, literally. That's what's good. Well, from, uh, Al asks something, and I'm also coming in meetings, and I do see my irritation. And sometimes I, I think, hey, do I have also to be in, in political correct in meetings? Uh, Sometimes I share something this morning about fear, you know, it was in the daily reflections. And then, yeah, I also come to the conclusion, mostly it's mental anxiety. It is, but then I hear all the psychological analyzers in rooms and so on. And well, I can't find that in the book and nowhere, but people over here are completely into psychology and then mixed up with weird kind of spirituality. Uh, okay, I don't offend anybody, but it's tiring, you know, because you're even not allowed to say anything about it. No, you have to go along that drift. And even on a convention after one hour, okay, thank you guys, bye, I go. <laughs> you know, from. Well, yeah, and I wonder, is this me or is this my right observation? Because I do know that, especially in the past, especially in alcohol, making all kinds of dramas, nightmares, I've seen other people doing it to me, you know, lovers I've been seeing. So, of course, I also did it. But lately, I do my meditation, I do my prayer, I write things down, and mostly, well, when I see when I'm wrong, I excuse, but... I'm at peace, you know? So I wonder, you know, if, if my observation is right or not, even what is happening here in Europe with this whole bloody war and the politics, you know? Are these people really so fucking insane, you know? Or is it just me and a few other people who see the insanity of it? I just don't know. But yeah, basically, um, yeah, that's actually still the question. There, there is the question. Well, one thing, as a community, when we're here, it's very, I really love the idea of not having opinions on outside situations. Yeah, that's true. That works so we can stay focused. Because it's easy to, for the head to distract us and go into other avenues. It was beautiful that 
AA realized that about us and put it in there. And but so, but but the story is that within the AA exactly there is also the AA policeman. Oh, you know. Well, this is the uh, irony of it all. We were just going over that with uh, Nino shared about this Italian professor that's talking about uh, people who lie about what they do, and then she gets caught in lying about what she does. <laughs> you know, it's just. This is how it goes. I mean, we're always the butt of the joke. <laughs> and yeah. the point is, it's I, I, it's nice to include you in that, not exclude you from it, thinking somewhere you're somewhere else. We're always the butt of the joke. So, but yeah, I like uh, not having any opinions about outside stuff in this topic and... Uh, I also like it. Oh, I, you you know, get pulled into it now. You get pulled into it. And then you know, uh, from fear of, uh, but yeah, a lot of what I found in recovery, truly, and I didn't try it, I just observed it. I do feel a conscious presence in the room, in the collectiveness of the people. And sometimes, that overrides what individuals are saying and stuff. Tell you the truth. Yeah. It's, it's a very small community over here, you know, it's very yeah. small. Yeah. And that's a pity. It's nice to get more out there. And I was always, I was lucky to be near a big city, San Francisco. Uh, Amsterdam is a big city. Yeah. So it is nice for that stimulation to be available. But I tend to, uh, I feel something when I'm in the room that wasn't produced by anyone in that room. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I do there my service when the room is empty, some handiwork, and I just feel it, you know, it is hanging there for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's a completely worn out, dirty place, actually, you know, but still there, there hangs a certain kind of magic, you know? Yes, yes. And so I tend to sort of, uh zero in on that and then the other stuff is more periphery yeah yeah sure and 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 sometimes i also see there i see old timers and yeah well uh, guys i'm sorry i love you but you're completely imitating uh joe and charlie you know the whole act you know i can see it i love you but yeah okay you know yeah and and Indeed, old timers complaining, you know, about yeah, 40 years ago they were doing great. And what the fuck, you know, you're 25 years sober, you know. I feel pity for you. You know, you know I'm, we I'm have here. We have here is like uh all the people I got sober with were laden with tattoos. <laughs> so now they all have they're like in their 60s, sure. their whole bodies tattooed and and uh it's all turned into a giant ink blot, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I love when I, I run into some characters I used to know because uh, some of them have the same character since. They're still, it's great. They're still dressing like they were dressing. It's a blast. So, but yeah. To me, you know, to me, and uh, you have a lot of contribution to it. Uh, 
I I came back from a totally hopeless uh, situation, you know, and I'm surprised myself that I'm that somehow I got out of it again, you know. I was hopeless and I didn't give me myself any chance, you know. Yeah. And it was just completely surrender. I can't do it, you know. Maria, you solve my problem. I do my best, and then getting this fatal thing again, and then that, and somehow, and now I've got a rat in the in the kitchen, a real rat, you know. It's not a commie. And yeah, okay. Take care of business. It's a miracle, and I'm not doing it, you know. I'm absolutely not doing it. That's great. Yeah, you know from. Of traveling, but then it can be applied to the others. They're not doing it either. True, absolutely true. Whatever they're doing, they're not doing. Yeah, I still want to change the world, Paul. I still want to change people, you know, and I even can't change myself. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, that's a good comedy routine. I tell (laughs) Amelia, stop me if I try to leave to change the world. Yes. (laughs) that would be a bad move all right bro it's nice to always see you yeah yeah anyone else michael i I saw maria had her hand up but she put it down maria was you still like to ask a question to paul or share or whatever yeah or share i don't mean to put you on the spot okay Okay, thank you, Walter. Um, no other questions then, Paul. Thank you so much for today. I don't think Maria's here anyway. Whatever. I think she left, Paul. All right. All right, Michael, thank you again for everything, really. And if anyone's listening to this, the meeting on Saturday, the live meeting will be here at the house, my house, and the details are on the Zen Bishlap event page, not at the church. And the Zoom will be one o'clock Pacific time, like usual. All right. Kerry, nice to see you, bro. He's representing Hawaii with the shirt. Yeah, there you go. Dirk, E, thank you, Dirk, for showing up. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you here. I heard you saying hello earlier. I'm happy to be here. It's really Great. nice. Great. Anu, as always, uh, she's representing. Let me see. What's what's that shirt you got on there, Anu? Uh, she's representing. Oh, Ben Bitslap. Very nice. Ah, very nice. Mickey, Mickey S. Madeira. Uh, there's Tom in Denver. Excited. Beware. Esther. Nice to see you, Esther. Cassandra in Georgia, Mm. Vegas, Al. Nice to see you, Al. Thank you for all your shares stuff. Paul Mercer, nice to see you. Manchester, I gather. Yeah, yeah, Manchester. Mia, there she is. I don't know where she is, but there she is. Uh, Walter from the Netherlands, thank you. Bobby A. Thank you, Bobby, for showing up and your shares about relief are great. John K, Kurt Z, my brother from another mother, Roman M, Roman, yes, 
Rick Rowe from Toronto. Thank you, Rick, for asking me to share that at that meeting. Appreciate it very much. Joseph, what's going on, Joseph? You're not in your usual setting. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen you at, uh, here. Very good. All's well? Yes, all is well. <laughs> all right. Good to see you, Joseph. Kaiser from Minneapolis. Zoe B, there she is. Yes, Miss Arkansas. Oliver in Berlin. Chris B, he's got his bike that he rides behind him. Wow. I hope you have insurance for that, eh? You fall off. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple of broken ribs, but nothing worse. Uh, we got the Lebowski. Yeah, cashing those sixty-three cent checks, bro. It's okay. If you ever need half and half, bro, I'll get it for you. Yeah. We got Jesse from uh, just from Ireland. Nice to see you. Then it disappeared. Steve, San Diego, always a pleasure to see Steve here. Uh, let me see if there's anyone else. We got Christine uh, from Kona, I think, Sina, uh, Bobby A, I got everyone, Jax in California, John S, Florida, Rob S, Amy up in Seattle area. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Really a pleasure to spend some time with you all. And uh, remember Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. Adios.